Welcome to the New Life Youth Podcast, a ministry of New Life Church in Poland, Ohio. New Life Youth meets every Wednesday night at 7, and to find out more, you can check us out on our website at newlifepoland.com forward slash YTH. Uh, we're in Ephesians chapter 6 still, shocker. So open up your Bibles, your paper Bibles. If you need a paper Bible, there's some in the cabinet. Um, just open it carefully because there's a bunch of stuff on there. Um, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, yeah, there's our, there's our whole passage. I'm going to read it all again. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. If you're there, follow along. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the armor that you give us. God, I pray that uh, the words you've given me and, and uh, what's on the page here, Lord, I pray that it, we take it into our hearts and our minds tonight, uh, that we take action and that we, we spend the next uh, few minutes just engaging and focusing. Uh, transform us tonight, God. Change us. Uh, give us a new mind and a new heart. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So Ephesians 6.17 is our verse for tonight. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So tonight, the helmet and the sword, we're going to knock, knock two things out. Uh, we've had some issues with our video, uh, but I, I have two clips ready. I, I'm going to need you to, to be patient. Uh, and uh, I'm going to have Jacob, he'll, he'll stay on the ball because I want him to pause at a couple of points in each video and the still image should work, we're hoping, okay? Uh, but go ahead. The first clip is from Gladiator. I talked about Gladiator last week when we were talking about the shield. We, sh we saw the pictures of the Roman army with their giant shields, right? Uh, this is actually a scene. Uh, it shows the helmet. Uh, I want you to pay attention to the helmet of Maximus Decimus Meridius, the greatest character name of all time. Look at his helmet. Take note of his helmet. What do you see on there? There's some spikes, right? Some spikes. Okay, really cool helmet. Okay, uh, go ahead and skip to the next clip. It played enough of it, right? You got an idea. We got the swords, the coolest swords of all time. Um, I don't, my, my Master of Effects lightsaber gave up the ghost a couple years ago, and I haven't spent the 200 bucks to buy a new one, but I did bring my katana. And uh, so I'll use this tonight for my some of my practical demonstration here. Um, so if you noticed Maximus, the, the helmet of Maximus, right, had spikes on it. The swords, when they connected, right, you, you saw them connecting. And uh, the, uh, Anakin jumped out at Obi-Wan and swung, and, and uh, Obi-Wan blocked, defended, and then took some strikes. Both of these... These pieces of armor, 
dealing with salvation and God's word, they're not just defensive things. The helmet was not just a protective device. They were also offensive instruments. Because if, in Maximus's case, um, if, if he gets his sword knocked out of his hand, he takes off that helmet and he just starts bashing people. Right? The sword, right? The lightsabers, they were attacking and defending, right? In their duel, okay? So both of these pieces of armor are really the primary means of protection and defense, offense and defense, right? So let's get into what they, what they provide, okay? They, they, uh, they provide two things and they require one big thing. So number one, both of these provide protection. They both provide protection, okay? So if I, if I go into, if I go into a, a, a hostile group, and uh, not that I'm looking for a fight or anything, but if I go in there just like this, I'm going to get my hind parts kicked probably, right? I'm old, slow, I only know karate as a word, not as anything else, right? Except for the uh, karate kid, wax on, wax off stuff. But if I go in there with this, I at least have some sort of chance, right? It's not going to really cut anybody, but, you know, it'll hurt when I swing it because I can still swing pretty good, right? So it, it protects us, and, and one, of the, one of the things that it protects us is it, is it builds our confidence, right? When we have the armor of God, when we have these components, the helmet of salvation, and uh, we do that, it builds our confidence. It puts us in a different posture, Right? So these things provide protection. That's, the, that's their use, both of them, right? We can use the sword to defend, and the helmet protects us against, uh, protects our mind and protects our brain from, from the head blows, right? They, they provide protection. They build confidence. They give us the, the, a sense of assurance, okay? And I'll, I'll, I'll come back to why those two parts are important um, in, in a little bit, but th those are things they do. They, they provide protection, because that, that protection, it builds our confidence and it, it provides some assurance, okay? Number two, they provide position, okay? Again, if I go into a group that's like trying to whoop on me, right? I'm going to get down and, you know, hide and try and, you know, avoid getting hit, right? If I go in with this, my position's different. I'm going in, let's go, Right? My position has changed because I have this sword or if I have, if I have some sort of protection, right? Uh, in football, they, if you're the lineman especially, uh, Cameron was a lineman, they, they're taught to explode off the line because if you just kind of mamby-pamby, just kind of stand up and do this, you're going to get knocked on your butt by the defense. They're just going to, because they're coming after the quarterback and you're going to get knocked on your butt. But if you change your position and you rec recognize that, oh, I have pads on, I got a helmet on, I'm protected, you're going to feel more confident blowing off the line, right? And, and shoving that defensive player back rather than letting him push you. They provide a position. They help to remove fear as part of that positional change, right? You come at me when I have this, unless you have a gun, I ain't scared, right? If you have a real sword versus my wooden katana, at least I'll be able to do some sort of defense and I'm going to be less afraid than if you come at me when I have nothing. 
These things, in providing protection and providing this position, they remove our fear. They increase our boldness, right? So this katana, right, I put it in my hand, and all of a sudden I really think I'm a samurai, right? Um, not that I am, but, you know, I, I kind of I, I feel like I, I have that sense and that feel of that, right? Um, it's... It's like when I put on my, my J's, I think I can actually dunk, which I can barely touch the bottom of the net that dangles down a foot and a half, right? When I jump, um, I've, I was a point guard. I've always been the short guy, and I've never been able to touch the rim in my life, regardless of what shoes I was wearing, right? But they give you that sense that you, you can, right? And the, the thing that puts us over the edge with that with God's armor and the sword of the Spirit and the helmet of salvation is that with God, you are a samurai if you wield his spirit and his sword. You have the helmet of salvation. Okay? So, they provide protection. They provide position. But like we talked about last week with the shield, the third one, remember with the verse that talked about being skilled with the shield that we talked about? They require practice as well. They require us actually using them, practicing daily. The only way to get better, to get stronger, is to do something regularly. They require practice. Okay? It takes regular use of your Bible to get to know the Bible. It takes regular use of you witnessing and, and telling others about Jesus to get comfortable with evangelism. Yes, the Holy Spirit's in us to, to give us that boldness, right? But the, the, using these, the, the armor of God and, and, and exercising and working in the salvation that we have gives us better, better skill with those things, okay? They can alter our strategy in this, right? With practice, we, we can find out where the holes are in our game and in our life. When we, when we read the Bible, because the Bible is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, God will reveal things in your life and in your heart and in your mind that you need to get rid of, right? To help you to wield your sword better, to help you to be protected and to, to take offense against the attacks of the enemy, okay? So they provide protection, they provide position, but they require practice, right? When I, first got, when I first took this from Connor, because it was given to Connor by a kid in our old youth group, right? But when I, when I, when I uh, took this from his closet to use for a different object lesson a long time ago, um, he doesn't miss it, right? I started to do this because I'd seen so many Star Wars movies, so I learned how to do some of the, some of the moves, and I watched the making of and all of that stuff, you know? I practiced so that I could twirl this thing without killing somebody or hitting something super close to me, right? When you, uh, some people didn't know that I could do that, and uh, when I preached a couple years ago in church and had that big real metal sword, Pastor Lincoln's in the back kind of ducking. He wasn't sure how good I was, right? But I didn't hit him, right? I was aware of my surroundings. I saw what was going on, and I was practiced enough with that thing that there wasn't going to be a problem, and I, was, it, it, I had confidence that I was going to be okay right? It helps that we have a nice big open space in the sanctuary too. Provide protection, provide position, provide practice, the sword and the helmet. All right, so that's, that, those are the components of this verse, okay? And now we are at the what? Silver. 
So what? Yes, so what? So what? Well, number one, salvation itself, the concept of salvation is both defensive and offensive. It is for protection and attack, right? It is for protection and attack. We, we, have, we need to move forward, okay? What do I mean by that? Well, I have some verses here. Um, I, there's a slide with these references. The verses aren't up there, but there's a slide with the references. I'm going to read the verses, okay? Uh, we're going to start in Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16. Might be familiar to most of you, right? For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentiles. Okay? So salvation is, is, is motion. Okay? It's not necessarily just a state of being that we just get to stand around in and rest in. Oh, I gave my heart to Jesus and prayed a prayer and repeated after the pastor, I'm good. No. Salvation is a, is a motion. It's, it's in motion. It's an action. Okay? God saves us so that we can do something for him. Okay? So it's defensive and offensive. Next verse. I'm going to read Matthew 10, uh, 34. This is Jesus talking. Okay? Jesus, meek and mild, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. This is Jesus. Okay. Where'd it go? There it is. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Those are the words of Jesus, right? Now, it's not that he's, it's not the Revelation 19, fire-eyed, tatted-up, blood-robe-wearing Jesus at that point. The sword, he means, is the word of God and, and salvation itself. Because now there are two types of people, the saved and the unsaved. That's it. Okay. Um, I'm reading a book by Dr. Eric Mason, and uh, one of it, it, it's it's about uh, racism and 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 uh, just the, the the in the black community and, and reaching the black community through apologetics. And one of the things he said in there is that there are two races. It's only two races: the saved and the unsaved. Well, he says the redeemed and the unredeemed, which is for us for tonight. We're going to call that saved and unsaved. That's it. There's only two races. Doesn't matter what color, socioeconomic background, what country. People are either saved or they're not, and that's all that matters in God's eyes. So Jesus came to bring the sword, and through his words and through his actions, dying, and, uh, dying on the cross and resurrecting three days later, and people putting his fa their faith in him, he divided humanity into the saved and the unsaved. He divided families because in our homes we have people who are saved and unsaved, right? Things are going on. All right, the next one is Acts 4.12. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Now, this is, a, this is the positional, this is the defensive salvation, right? Jesus saving us. Okay, the first two are, are more offensive salvation. We're preaching the gospel. Uh, Jesus came to save us, and, and he, that was an act, right? Him saving us. So this is, this is the def uh, defensive verse of, of what salvation is, okay? Jesus saved us that we are saved. We are in Christ. We have our faith in Christ. And lastly, 
Let me get over here. Luke 21, 28. Hopefully you wrote all those references down and I've given you enough time. I know I'm not doing them in order. I'm sorry. So when all these things begin to happen, stand up and look, for your salvation is near. So Jesus is talking about the end of the world and, and the last days and all the stuff that's going on. And we're seeing some crazy stuff. We talked about it last week, right? Um, and we're just seeing more of it because of all the coverage and the internet that we have. It's not that it's that new. Um, but Jesus is talking about these things. And again, there, there's a point to which Jesus is coming, right? And the ultimate salvation isn't just, you know, forgiving of sins, but he's going to pull us out and give us a new heaven and a new earth in this, where there is no more tears, death, sorrow, pain, sin. Evil is wiped out, done. And that's all. That's offensive. Jesus is going to come and melt the earth like wax, the Bible says, right? He's going to burn stuff down and build a new heaven and a new earth. It's, everything's going to be wiped away and, and the reset button back to Genesis 1, basically, is where we're going to be. Uh, Pre-death, pre-sin, all the good things. Okay, so number one, salvation is both defensive and offensive. Our salvation is, 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 an, is meant to be an act. It's an act of God that allows us to do an act, acts of salvation in there. So that leads me to number two of the so what. Number two, we are not only to, we are not only called to our own salvation, right? But we are called to bring salvation to others. We are not only called to bring salvation, our own salvation, we are called to bring salvation to others. We are not only called to our own salvations, not just about us getting saved, right? We are called to bring salvation to others. Because of the protection and the boldness and the position that the confidence that our salvation gives us, we can go out and we can reach others. We can tell others about it. But part of that is us acting like we are saved. Salvation is transformational. It gives us a new heart, a new mind, should give us new attitudes, right? It should, that's part of that position and that confidence that, that God puts in us through the Holy Spirit. And as we read the Bible and wield this sword, take this up every day and practice with it, we, we see God's promises. We see God working in our lives. He points things out in our lives. I'm still, you know, I haven't arrived yet. I'm not speaking as someone who's perfect on this platform, right? I've been through it. I've seen it. God's still showing me things. This word never, ever fails. And uh, so because of the protection and boldness of our own salvation, we can advance God's kingdom with the weapons God has given us. We take that helmet of salvation, not only guard our hearts and minds, but when all else fails, we can take that off and pummel the enemy when he's attacking us, if he's knocked this out of our hands and our, our armor has given up or whatever, right? You can see a helmet and a sword, right? If I'm holding this, you all can see this katana, right? Yes? This for yes, this for no. Okay, I can't hear you. There you go. So you all can see a katana. You all can see a helmet. You saw Maximus's helmet in the video clip when it wasn't flashing black, right? People should see that you're saved. Your salvation should be evident in your life. If you sit there with crisscrossed arms and head down and, and your mom tells you to do something and you go, you're no, you're, you're, you look like the race of the unredeemed. Right? You just sit there like a bump on a lump and 
Don't do anything for God. Salvation is not evident in your life. You may have prayed that prayer and you may actually be saved, but you're not in the motion of salvation. You're not doing the offensive part of salvation. You're just stuck on defense. And that's all you are. And defense, eventually, if you're permanently on defense, you're going to get scored on and you're going to get pummeled. You've got to let offense take over sometimes and operate in that, in that offense. Use the gifts. Our salvation should be visible to others. We need to be so fluent in the Word of God, right? Like um, Anakin and Obi-Wan, uh, Ewan, Ewan, Ewan McGregor and, uh, oh man, I forget the guys. Who played Anakin? I forget his name. It's like the only role he ever played because he was not the greatest actor. But Christian... Uh, Christian, Hayden Christensen. Thank you, yes. Hayden Christensen and Obi-Wan and uh, Ewan McGregor spent thousands of hours practicing that scene. Star Wars took a long time. They, they had those swords and they were practicing that long before there was even a camera rolling. They were with a coach and practicing that. Thousands of hours so that when they actually, went, when the director said, go, they could go. Who has spent more than two hours this week reading the Word? Just two. Yeah. Three? More than two. More than three. More than four. Okay. I wonder if I checked the screen time on your phone for the last week. If there are other things that you've seen on your phone more than four hours than or more than you've read your Bible. We need to be so fluent in this so that when the time comes to play defense or offense, we're ready. When the camera starts rolling and the director says go, when God says go, boom. We are in that position. We have the confidence. We have the assurance. We are equipped, and we are ready to go. We're not shy. We don't, we, we're not worried about what we'll look like, Right? They were making some funny faces in the close-up of that because they were concentrating so hard, right? You zoom in. Um, if you haven't seen it, there's even a, a part that probably should have made that rated R. Uh, but anyway, I'm not going to tell you where that's at. But anyway, um, they practiced thousands of hours for that, to be that good. That's how we need to wield our salvation. That's how we need to defend ourselves against the, uh, the attacks of the enemy and to advance against the enemy, right? We're not just supposed to stand around in a hole and hold the fort, right? There's an old hymn of the church, uh, hold the fort till Jesus comes or something like that. I forgot the title because I hate it so much, right? That is not our mission. Our mission is not to hold the fort and to stay inside these four walls and only have two friends that we talk to and that's it. We are to go. Matthew 28, 19. Go. Right? God will be with you. He will equip you. He will give you the boldness. And he's given you resources like his word, his Holy Spirit, to help you with that position, to protect you and to help you share Jesus with others and to evangelize others and to live life like you're actually saved. Don't live like the unredeemed. That just that leads to just 
apathy and, and, and ultimately to hell. And that place is hot and forever is a long time. Right? I've said that before about hell. So we need to live in this. Live in the protection and in the, in the attack, if you will, uh, of salvation, of these two final components, right? Because if your body armor's gone, right, your shoes are gone, you can still plant, and if you know the word, you're ready. You can defend, and you can attack, and you can still advance when the other components might have fallen off or, or failed. Live in salvation. Live in it. Advance in it. Practice this. There's an author um, who, who wrote a series of books, um, and uh, it's, it, they're fiction books, and they're about David and his mighty men. Um, they're actually pretty good reads, and you get, they're, they're, they're geared for, for uh, teens, actually, and young adults, uh, so they're, they're pretty good. Um, but uh, I, he, was at, uh, he was at a live a few years ago, and we went to his tent, and I bought one of his books, and he signed the book. Um, it's the Son of War series. Anyway, um, his name's Cliff Graham, and you can look him up and look his books up on Amazon and get them if you want. Uh, again, they're really good. But he has a phrase that, I, that has stuck with me for years, and I may have said this before, but I love it, and it really fits tonight. He was a... Uh, before I do that, he was a special forces guy um, and uh, went on a lot of missions, uh, obviously, and did a, did a lot of things, and he's just a beast of a guy uh, physically, uh, but a really, really cool guy to just talk to. Um, his, the phrase that he says is, we were not made for peace. We were made to bring peace. We were not made to sit quietly on our hands and just observe through a church service and then go home and, and just exist. We were made to bring the Jesus that we have to the world, to those around us. Your neighbors, if you're homeschooled and don't have a school as your mission field, start knocking on doors, playing at the playground, going to the field, inviting people to play, whatever, ultimate frisbee, I don't care. Right? You guys are called because you're a Christian to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to live in that salvation. You are not called to have a peaceful, quiet life of happiness and, and calm in Jesus. Right? First of all, that doesn't exist. Stuff happens. Your basement floods. Someone important in your life dies like your father when you're 20 years old, right? Sibling dies. Your uncle dies when he's five because he falls into a pool and drowns because he can't swim. Stuff happens in life. And if you don't know the word, it will kill your soul and Satan wins. Operate in the salvation and in the gifts that God has given you. Realize just how awesome those things are. It's not just a book that you bring and get points for. It's not just a force. The Holy Spirit's not just a force. It's in you. You have God in you.
And you need to renew that and practice and operate in that every day. Every day. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us again on the New Life Youth Podcast. Or better yet, join us in person if you're able every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock at New Life Church in Poland, Ohio. Have a great week. 